No ketchup. No ketchup. What's good, my people? Welcome into No Catch on Sports Talk via Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick with me as always. We're back this week. We got to talk NBA playoffs. You already know that's where we're going. Nick's heaving up the series at the Garden 1 1 versus the Heat. No Jimmy Butler. Big problems. They almost eked out the 2 0 lead in the series headed back to Miami. We'll break that game down. Jalen Brunson goes ballistic in the second half. Josh Hart hits some big shots. Uh, Julius Randle gets the nod to go, shows up in a major way, two assists shy of a triple-double. Then we go to San Francisco. The Los Angeles Lakers take a 1-0 lead. LeBron James, Anthony Davis. I should have said Anthony Davis first because he had an absolute monster game. Uh, Dennis Schroeder had a big game. They get the W. We'll talk about that, break that down. Is Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns in deep, deep trouble. We'll break that down as well. They're down 2-0 going back to Phoenix. We'll probably touch on some Aaron Rodgers because that's that's my guy, and I want to talk about him. But that's how we'll do he's it. So He's so cool. <laughs> no catch-up. Sports Talk via Chicago. Let's get to it. Get quick, what's good? How we feeling? Hey, man, you know, this is my first coffee since getting home from London. That's crazy, man. So when I'm, like, getting back and getting back sorted – I'm off the jet lag. I'm finally getting full amounts of sleep. I can't drink caffeine and really, like, my nervous system is already trying to get back in sorts. So I can't. Also, when I'm hungover, I can't drink any coffee. I agree with the hangover coffee I have to, like, wait till the next day and then have a coffee. I think if I'm hungover, I can get a coffee. Like, if I go somewhere, like, it has to be iced. I can't drink hot. But, like, if that's if I'm not going anywhere, like, I went out on Saturday. So, Sunday, I was feeling it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I didn't have coffee till Monday. And I've also been sick for, like, three days since I went out on Saturday. So, I'm feeling Yeah, we were, just, <laughs> we were just talking about this. I mean, it might be time to hang it up, bro. Yeah. If I go out for two days in a row and indulge with – you know, no real – I'm responsible when it comes to work. If I don't have any work coming up and I just yeah. all I got to do is watch hoops and, and digest, take my notes, I, I'll go out and have a couple pops and watch the games. But, man, a couple days of back-to-backs. It's getting uglier and uglier as well, the, the hang, time The goes hangovers on. are vicious, and they tend to last for, like, day. Like, it used to be, like, a one-day. They're really just, like, the morning after you'd be dust, but then by the afternoon you'd be fine, no. and by nighttime you're good. Now it's like, all right, I went out on Saturday – I might be okay by Thursday. By Thursday, I might be a human being again. But until it's smoking then, I'm, off I'm whole done. weeks. Yeah, it, it really like is. It, it. It really interrupts whole weeks. <laughs> yeah, bro. like yeah, it's bad. It's it stops bad. the movement. But, yeah, we're back. We're moving though. It's all good. We're here. We gotta. We, yeah, we talking hoops, so that's easy to do. Let's talk Heat Knicks first. I was in the Garden last night for Game Two. Um, the atmosphere was phenomenal, as expected. They had all the stars in the building off the Met Gala. Anybody, dude, I've never seen so many people at the game. Let me try to just to just to give you a peek on who was there. It was crazy. So we'll kick it off with my guy, Aaron Rodgers, Sauce Gardner, Robert Salas there. That's the coach of the Jets. 
the the Giants GM, I don't even know. I didn't know who that was, so I, I'm not even going to press you. I, I, I didn't know his name off the top. Then we have Jessica Alba, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock. Uh, Austin Powers was in the building. Mike Myers? Uh, Mike Myers was in the building, yeah. Uh, Roger Federer was in the building. Fat Joe was in the building. Of course, Spike Lee. I mean, the list is 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 endless, bro. And then you got like the B-list guys they don't even put on. We just talked about Rich Kleiman, shout out Boardroom, KD Ventures, uh, Ronnie Feig, Kith in the building. He's the creative director, so he's always in there. But yeah, it was endless. Atmosphere was great. Coming into the game, Nick, there was a world where we were looking at potentially no Jimmy Butler, no Julius Randle, no Jalen Brunson, and a must-win game for the Knicks. That was potentially a spot that we were going to see. Uh, Randall, Randall and Brunson end up going. So they we, we, they get the nod. Jimmy Butler gets the scratch. My first thought is how are the Miami Heat going to score 100 points? How are they going to score 95 and stay in this game? Did they ever stay in the game? Almost won it. Knicks end up getting the W, 111-105. What do you make of the Miami Heat right now? I mean, they get guys to show up on a, on a nightly basis. Max Struess showed up last night. Gabe Vincent showed up last night. Caleb Martin is making money by the dribble. Hooping. He, Caleb I, Martin. I, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, so I'll start off real quick on Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin filled into the Jimmy role last night. I'll say it's just the guy who seemed to always be attacking and very aggressive and looking for his shot. Like it was, it was crazy to see a role player because that's what he is, kind of take on that persona last night. But it was a hundred percent what what they needed. Not all the shots were great, but when you're looking like a team like the Miami Heat, which again they struggled to score when healthy this year, right? So when you start taking off Tyler Hero, who's their second leading scorer. Then you take off Jimmy Butler, who's their leading scorer, and the playoffs becomes something completely different. Like, yeah, I went to that game the same way. I was like, man, do I even need to watch this game? Like, this has 25-point blowout written all over it, especially with the Knicks coming off of that loss in game one. It's like, yeah, you know, for sure, they're going to come out. Garden's going to be rocking, which it was, and they're going to smack these boys. But, man, these Miami Heat just don't go away. Like you said, they get a different contribution from somebody else every night. The guys who do come in play their role. You look at a Kevin Love even. I know he only had eight, but just some of the things he was doing just overall for them was great, especially also in game one. But in game two, he played his role. Uh, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent. Look, Gabe Vincent's a winning ball player, right? Yes, bro. Yes. Just the 21 points. It's when he gets his points. It's when he makes his plays. It's just the way that he kind of carries himself out there. And then I told you guys early on, they better put somebody on Max Struess. Don't let him start getting going. They just... Miami all night was getting the shots that they wanted. Like, that was the thing that stuck out to me the most. Like, they were getting open threes whenever they wanted them coming off of screens. It just seemed like everybody knew what they needed to do and weren't playing outside of themselves. Obviously, in the end, um, they couldn't get it done. I think that that's just a function of not having that top-tier guy that kind of closed down the game for you. But, man, that was way tougher than it should have been for the Knicks and what should have been a layup game. So if I'm New York, I'm definitely concerned because from what it sounds like, Jimmy probably could have gone last night, but they know, hey, look, we're not playing against till Saturday. Go ahead and give Jimmy the full week off, right? Because he will have been off from Sunday to Saturday. He's yeah. got six days to get that ankle to be as good as it was. I think unless Jimmy's like 90%, 95% yesterday, 
you're always sitting him in that game, especially coming off of the win on game one. And you showed exactly what you needed to in game two, that, hey, you can hang with these guys. This team is not too big for you. I know Brunson was allegedly banged up last night, but he looked fine. Uh, fine. Going to the game, banged up. He looked fine. If I'm the Knicks, I'm worried because um, they definitely have some things that they need to figure out. And Miami's just not going away, man. Spolster's game plans are ironclad, right? Like they know exactly what they want to do going into the game. And like I said, the shots that they were creating um, were elite and they were hitting them for a lot of the game, which caused a lot of problems for the, uh, the New York Knicks. I tweeted this during the game. There was very rarely a possession where the Miami Heat didn't find the open man. They were getting open look after open look. The ball movement was absolutely superb. They eventually, at the end of the game, just ran out of gas. They didn't have a guy that they could go to that could go get them a one-on-one shot. The Knicks started closing down. They are making it a little more difficult. But also, I've never seen a plus-minus lie so much in a game. Like, yeah, Caleb sure. Martin was minus, minus 14. 14. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's absolutely absurd. Yeah. Then you can go down to, like, Isaiah Hardenstein for the Knicks. He was a zero. He played plus big, 800. Yes, he played big, <laughs> big, big minutes. Yeah. For those guys, used up all his files too. Had five, played hard on D. So, quick note I mean, on Hardenstein, and this is just like sorry, I don't mean to interrupt your thought, but just on a basketball note, you look at Hardenstein, you look at Looney. Is the new thing that you want from your big offensive rebounding just with like the with like the prevalence of the three point shot and guys that can get it up quickly? These guys that can create extra possessions like that. Like, it's always been huge, but now knowing that those extra possessions can lead to three points very quickly, like, I, I really think these guys who just create havoc on the offensive glass and just put in more effort than everybody else are key. This is, again, Looney and Hardenstein, like, stood out majorly yeah. to me in that regard. But like Mitch Robinson, these, that's what those guys yeah, do. Yeah, these guys get offensive boards, you create another possession, and now with three-point shooting, it's just that much more deadly. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, any any second-chance points, three or two, are always going to be massive in games where points are coming at a premium like the Knicks and the Heat, no doubt. So I am a little concerned, though, because I I can't tell you how many games in a row, Nick, I've said the Heat are going to have – this shooting is going to have to relax a little bit. Like, yeah. there's just no way they're going to get this production from all these guys game in, game out, and it does continue to show up in big spots. The – it's it's wild. They they took 49 threes. They were 17 of 49. They hit a bunch of those in the first half to get rolling. But still the 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 timely the timeliness of these jumpers was massive. And if you want to talk about timely jumpers, Jalen Brunson had a really slow first half, ended up coming on scoring 30, 6 of 10 from three. Absolutely. Coming off of a game where he hit in game one, he hit no threes, comes back, follows it up with six threes. Big time shot making. Julius Randle, they need him. I mean, like him or not, there, there's there's discussions all the time about if he's a good fit or or do people like him in New York, et cetera. Regardless, they need him on a night-to-night basis for a multitude of reasons. So, Josh Hart was the best player on the floor last night. He, Josh Hart was the most impactful player on the floor for the New York Knicks last night. If we're going to call it what it is. I mean, he, he was 14, he, 14, 11, and 9, and talk about in the moment, talk about big plays, talk about on defense. And we talked about it when they made that trade. That this, guy, this guy was going to play 30-plus minutes a night for Tom Thibodeau because he's a Tibbs-type player. But, yeah, yeah I thought Hart um, 100% kept the Knicks in the game. 
No question. And and the two threes he hit were in the fourth quarter in the last massive. five minutes of the game. Massive. So yeah, they were they were massive, massive jump shots from Josh Hart. But yeah, I am a little worried that. <laughs> this is what I want to say, Nick. I always believed in heat culture. I, there was never a time where I didn't believe in heat culture. But I didn't think this shit could carry carry teams to the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> like, like this is yeah. like this is pure heat. This is Random pure guys. heat culture. Yeah, like sure. this is pure heat. For them to be competing the way they are uh, is tough. I still think the Knicks uh, win the series. I know they just have too much depth, too much firepower See, overall. The Knicks' depth is shaky, though. Right, it's not he, though. Quickly, get, quickly's not playing very well in the quickly's playoffs. Quickly's not playing well. But, Toppin has been playing well, but he didn't play well last night. But those guys, I mean, those guys can be shaky. And you're not. Let, let's be honest. Are you getting that kind of first half from RJ Barrett again? Well, like now we, we know the well, RJ now we're going experience. on four straight games of saying that and he's been killing. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. been cooking the last like but four he's a guy, straight games. He's a guy that's tough to trust. When he's going to the rack. And he, he was hitting jumpers he was last hitting night. Threes last night, though. Yeah, he was shooting. He was shooting that thing last you, night. He wasn't even going to the rack. It's 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 one of those things where the guy, like for example, the Miami Heat were let like the shots that Josh Hart got up and RJ Barry got up are wide open looks for sure. Just got to hit forty percent of those, and it's a game changer, and they're going to be able to move. For example, we'll get to this game. We'll get to this game in a second, but they were letting LeBron shoot. He was struggling from deep. He's been they're struggling they're from deep. everybody shoot. They were letting a lot of people shoot that they didn't trust to shoot. And if yeah. you're not knocking them down, it's going to be an issue. So, And that's psychological, talk- too. Guys leaving you open like you think it is it's psychological. It's so psychological. If you yeah. watch watch the Lakers last night, I'm sorry, the, uh, the, the Warriors last night, and those boys were shook it that they had that much space. <laughs> they didn't know what to do. It's like, yeah, why are you giving me wide open? You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's that shit is a, a great tactic that's used. But I, I just I worry that when Jimmy comes back to this series and now you want to talk about how many straight games. This is now six straight games for the Miami Heat. I guess five out of six games for the Miami Heat. Well, I'm sorry, seven games that they play in the playoffs um, and six of them. They've looked great. You know, what I mean, six of them, they yeah. look like they can actually contend. And so when you bring Jimmy back into this, like at some point it's not fluky with Miami and they really are legitimate. And it kind of feels like that year they went to the finals of the bubble. I know a lot of different things happen, but you start knocking out contenders early. Like the Bucs are going to be out. We don't know what's going to happen with the Celtics and your road gets a little bit easier. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Now, with that being said, I don't know if they necessarily want to see the Sixers. I know I'm looking ahead. Um, but I think Embiid would be a problem for them because they just have zero size at all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see, man. It, 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 it is wide open. Let me ask you this. There's There's been multiple series now where teams feel like they have an advantage and they're resting big-time guys instead of trying to flatline them. Yeah. For example – it's it's always tough talking about injuries, and I want to be very clear here. Like I, this is just me speaking off of my gut and kind of evaluating the whole situation. I don't know how hurt Jimmy Butler's ankle is, right? But it seemed like one of those spots where if it was a game six, he would go. For sure. How about that, right? Yeah. If you followed him on Instagram, he was walking all over New York, having a great time. He was walking up and down Midtown. So it wasn't – and walking up and down Midtown is not – playing lateral defense on <laughs> Julius Randle. I understand that. 
but still it seemed like he could potentially have went that that was the narrative around it that's what i was hearing from people now just before we hopped on here as we record this wednesday morning confirmed joel and b is going to go in game two yeah they're not they're not saying hey we did what we needed to do in the game in games one and two in boston let's get back to philly and take care of business are you in the camp? For example, the the they thought Milwaukee thought it was sweet, and no. didn't really rush Giannis back. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we're good. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Miami yeah. talked them away. So Jimmy sits in this game. They still almost pull it off. But maybe, maybe, maybe Jimmy goes go up two zero and just f- close the shit already. Get well, the rest I- later on. I think it's case by case, and in the Miami case, I had no problem with how they did it, but because it is an ankle, and the only way it's going to get better is him staying off of it for a few days. So if you're looking at it like them, like, hey, literally, if he doesn't but Nick, play, you game, feel me? I just said, I just said, my man walking around town and I shit. I He's at Kith with, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. But here. it's also like, Jimmy, like you said, Jimmy knows not, himself. Pat knows himself. Well, Jimmy Small. wanted to play. They said Jimmy. They told Jimmy he can't go. So that was said during the broadcast. Jimmy right. said I'm ready, well, and they what, said no. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, but, yeah. but like, who's saying no? Spo and Spo, oh, you know Pat Pat Riley, Pat, the guy. Uh, Pat saying no. <laughs> oh, he always says no. <laughs> but but do you get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, no, Spoh, I understand. I, I, I didn't have a problem like, with it. I understand good. the logic on that. Only because you have four days off between your next game, and I guess the logic can also go the other way: is hey, have him tested. T- I haven't tested on Tuesday, and again, he's still going to get those t- that day off between right. Tuesday and Saturday. Uh, but I, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it. Obviously, they know better than we do. The uh, the Giannis one I had a problem with. And it's it just you're taking. That, yeah. It's just, it's just that you're taking a little bit of this. You think this it's getting a little bit granted. more, uh, a little yeah, bit more like, liberal oh, we right got now. A game. Let's go yeah. back to Miami, and we're yeah, like, yeah. Ooh. it's just like, man, you have a shot to go up 2-0 and then go back home. Sure. I, and I think that's how Philly's looking at it. Joel's like, hey, I could go. Let's try to get two yeah. in Boston and then go back to Philly. So I think I think that's interesting. We'll see how it shakes. I never questioned Jimmy Butler. I never questioned Spo and Pat. But we've seen this on multiple occasions in different series with different players. Also, I don't know what the fuck is going on with ankles, but man, it's been tough. Even Struess last night could couldn't come back. Came on for a second, had to go back off. He stepped on a foot. Um, yeah, Julie is stepping on. His body's a weak. It's been a lot of fluky yeah. shit, though. Like, yeah, that shit yeah. that with Butler stepping on Josh Hart's foot, it's fluky. Was, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that that's, um, yeah, whatever. But the, the, the ankles have been an issue. We'll see what happens. It seems as if the Heat have just are playing ultimate team ball. Dante, my guy in the comments, said heat running college program over there. No, plug for and real, play. plug and play. Oh, you know let me ask I mean? you this. Do yeah. you have anything? So do you got any smoke for Bam Adebayo, or is this just kind of who he is? Yeah, no, I think – yo, I tweeted before the game. I'm very interested to see how Bam Adebayo approaches this game offensively, knowing Jimmy Butler. Not Jimmy started the first quarter and went out. Yeah. He's coming into no the – He's coming into the game with no Jimmy. Yeah. I, is Bam Adebayo going to go to work? And ten, he ten, was 10 attempts. He it's a he's a he's just like he's a passive he's just a, he's just a passive guy offensively. 
specifically. Less attempts than Vincent, less attempts than Struess, less than uh, Caleb Martin, and barely more than uh, Duncan Robinson. Uh, and I'm I'm going to tell you this: when they needed the bucket, Gabe Vincent was handling the rock, and he was going to yes, he, he was, was going to either put it up or he was going to find well, someone to get it up. That's why and, I didn't love the Lowry minutes. But Lowry you know, was hurting yeah, you last night. Right, but you, what I'm saying is that get, Gabe was either going to get you a shot or he was going to find someone else, and who yeah. he was looking for was not Bam. Was not Bam. Yeah, you understand sure. what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, I think that's just who he is offensively. He's just a passive guy. Also, this is not the best matchup for him. For sure. The Knicks have a lot of guys that can bang with him over he's, and over yeah, and over. It's not like he's catching it on the – yeah. It's not like he's catching it and going to work on – got guys that are a little smaller than him. Like, for example, the whole thing with what we're going to get into with the Lakers and Golden State was is, is like Anthony Davis can just catch and pull up over these dudes. Yeah, anytime he wants. Anytime he wants, right? And that's not As the case for Bam. Bam has a lot more work to do with Mitchell Robinson, Hardenstein, Randall, and even Josh Hart is difficult to deal with on defense, who he saw a few possessions as well. So, yeah, to answer your question – what do we talk about, Nick? It's tough to give guys heat when they aren't are they don't want to play outside of themselves. Yeah. Like that's just not his game, right? So it's tough to ask him, like, hey, go out and go crazy. I, you I also think me don't... And you were I think me and you were on the same page where we tend to give guys heat that have the ability, that's their game. And then when it's time, it's like, well, where is this guy? I was just about to say, you don't get the feeling from Bam that he's holding back. You right. watch certain guys, and it's like, man, he's holding. Like Wiggins is a great example. Sometimes you watch Wiggins, and you're just like, man, this dude could do so much more, and he's clearly holding back. And he's a passive guy too. But with Bam, it's not like, man, why isn't Bam going to his shit? You know, like right. he doesn't. He doesn't have that kind of bag. He doesn't like, have that, that in he his bag. Eighteen yeah. throughout the. It's kind of like a Jaron Jackson Jr. almost, right? It's like, yeah, these guys get you sixteen to eighteen just by being talented, being on the floor. But it's not like he's got like some plethora of moves or some next level that you're waiting for him to go to, right? So, like, I, I give him the benefit of the doubt in that situation and that it's not like I expect Bam to, you know, like, man, he needs to be aggressive. I've seen him do it. Like, it's not it's not what he does. Yeah, it's just not. That's that's so – uh, I, yeah. I have a hard time saying, like, that's a Bam great point. needs to show up. For sure. Because it's just outside of his game. That's not his game. He did show up. They did what he did. Yeah. Yeah. That's what like that's eight, what he eight, does. Eight, 18, 10, and six assists is his game. I showed up. I played great defense. Like, what more do you want? Exactly. I impact, I impact on the defensive yeah. end. If don't, um, don't me for that scoring. Yeah, you might come at Bam for not like going to get better in the offseason on offense and showing sure. up with like a different repertoire. I mean, if he could shoot threes, it'd be a fucking game changer. Yeah. So that's the, that's where you could fault him, but Typically, when I'm looking at guys and I'm like, yo, what is this guy doing? It's not Ben Simmons. It's yeah, it's not. Or like it's it's like the, the best example is probably Jason Tatum. Like, dude, what the fuck? What, what, what is going on here? Yeah. Like this guy can do anything anytime. And I haven't seen him get a shot up in seven yeah. minutes. Doesn't play second half of basketball. Yeah. Games, apparently. So that's where that's where yeah. I, I tend to get hard on players. But yeah, bam, I think this is. This is, is. is this is who he is. And and we'll get to this as well, like later on. Gabe and Caleb are getting up these shots because they have to. Yeah. Similarly to Kevin Durant taking 12 three-point attempts in game two. He's just getting these up because no one else is gonna get them up. So well, they're offenses. 
Yeah, we'll we'll oh, get to them. <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 get to them. But great win for the Knicks. 111-105. A W's a W, but that was an ultimate grind. You get 25 from Randall, 30 from Brunson, 24 from RJ Barrett, 14 from Josh Hart. And you, you eke out a win against Kevin Love, Kayla Martin, Bam Adebayo, Gabe Vincent, and Max Struess. Guys that are undrafted. For sure. <laughs> so we'll see how the rest of this shakes going down to Miami. Maybe I'll shoot down to Miami for a game. So I'll see Beach. what the Knicks is talking about. South Beach. Little. Waters only, though, if I go. I'll trip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move off of the Knicks heat. Big W there. Let's go over to the Lakers, man. Everybody said it. You don't want to see the Lakers if these boys start rolling and they get healthy. They sneak in. You don't want to see these boys. They get the game one in the second round of the NBA playoffs against the Warriors, 117-112. Big Nick the Quick, I'll, I'll let you kick it off. What did you see from the game? Anthony Davis goes absolutely ballistic. He has 30, 23 boards, five assists, four blocks. Yeah. 11 of 19 from the floor, didn't miss a free throw. As he should. And he, by far and away, had the most impact impact on the game for the Lakers. I would say number two is probably uh, Dennis Schroeder, who had 19 off the bench and, and had just some big, big-time shots. I would, say, I would say Jared Vanderbilt. Okay. <laughs> Let's I talk thought, about it. Yeah, so we talk about the Lakers. As far as the Lakers' game plan, I thought that the plan that Darvin Ham came out with was excellent. He, he clearly was going to have Vanderbilt be the primary guy on Curry and chase him around all night. You're not going to stop Steph Curry. and You saw that in the fourth quarter, but I thought Vanderbilt just applying that pressure – and just kind of be willing to chase him around for the whole game uh, was a great strategy. He also sagged off of everybody not named Steph Curry or Klay Thompson and dared those guys to beat him, which they clearly couldn't do. Um, I thought Anthony Davis, the biggest advantage going into this series is Anthony Davis, right? The Warriors do not have size. They haven't had a size option since Andrew Bogut of someone that they can trust and put in there. We're going back years. This has always been the problem with the Warriors. And Anthony Davis when he feels like it can be the most dominant player out there, right? Like his offensive repertoire, the things that he can do, the ability he has actually the best example of what we were talking about is Anthony Davis with the bam at a bio conversation. As far as sure. a guy who you look at, and you're just saying, man, why don't you just go out there and dominate? Um, and I felt like for most of that game yesterday, he hundred percent was on that. Um, especially on the defensive end, man, you look down the stretch, Anthony Davis was impacting everything defensively. He had a massive block at the end of the game on Steph Curry. Yep. Um, and just overall on D and, and rebounding again as a part of defense, right? Just controlling everything out there, set the tone for the Lakers in the first half. And then uh, you get to the second half and the Lakers just had some of these guys step up and make huge plays, whether it's big shots from Austin Reeves, whether it's LeBron coming down the stretch and making some plays and turning back the hands of time. Um I just thought that overall, man, it was a great effort from the Los Angeles Lakers. Great execution of the game plan. You survived that Steph comeback attempt at the end of the game, which is absolutely massive. We can get into the Jordan Poole stuff um, if we want, because I, I thought that Jordan Poole and D'Angelo Russell were going back and forth to see who could make the dumbest play on the court um, at the end. <laughs> the D'Angelo Russell air ball. Hey, D -Lo, was, the D'Lo air ball was legendary. 
Sure, was, but but he got the he got the bucket after that. He got, that, he got the last bucket. Go ahead, bucket. Yeah, massive go ahead. And that was the thing I tweeted last night. Like D'Angelo Russell, you got the full experience yesterday. You got the head scratching plays, and then you got the play at the end where it's like it's a brilliant. That was a tough shot in contact for that go ahead bucket to put the Lakers up too. So absolutely, man. I thought that uh, again, you got timely contributions from the Lakers. I can't downplay Jared Vanderbilt though. I think he was all over the place making plays and you want to talk about stat sheets not really showing the whole story only had eight six and two but if you watch that ball game jared vanderbilt was absolutely impacting things out there not the best game offensively from lebron but i thought defensively lebron was awesome last night yeah like i really did in the fourth quarter i thought lebron was great lebron and ad's defense in the fourth quarter um sealed that victory for the lakers lately lebron has really been contesting shots at the rim and yeah. making making people work at the basket. He had a couple blocks last night that and a couple different altering type spots in the paint. But yeah, LeBron has definitely made an emphasis to impact some plays on that side. Yeah, I mean, you know how I you get the uh, Vanderbilt asked Darvin Ham. He said, "I want Curry." Is that what like, he said? Uh, I don't know. Well, well, no. They, yeah, oh. yeah, they talked about it on the telecast. He's like, yeah, you know. Give me Steph. All right. Vander, yeah, Vanderbilt, <laughs> talked to, Vanderbilt talked to Ham, said he wants Steph. And um, sure, great. But, yeah, no, he's – I mean, listen, bro. The, what Palinka did. It's a hell of a trade. Bro, to flip, to flip the roster. Beasley didn't even play, right? Beasley got, hurt. Dude, Beasley, I don't think he's hurt. I don't he's, think he's out of rotation. Playing. He's yeah. one of those guys. He's, he's yeah. yeah. But still – I guarantee you, Malik, uh, Malik Beasley will be a guy that comes in his. He'll have a moment, yeah, in a in a in a, in a big he'll, spot. He'll in the certainly series, take for, sure. for yeah. sure. So, really quick before before we get into the game some more, I got to give y'all a tip, man, on the East Coast or y'all y'all early morning cats. This is this is what I've been doing the last I don't even know two months. I, I watch the first game on TNT or ESPN. I go to sleep at 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I record the game. I wake up 7 a.m., 6.30 a.m., whatever. Get up 6, 5, 6 a.m., whatever you got to do. I don't have any kids and shit, so it's a little different maybe. Yeah. But I get up 6 a.m., 6.30. I have a cup of coffee, and I watch the late game. And it's the best shit in the world. I don't look at my phone. I don't touch any of my shit. I get up, turn the game on, have a cup of coffee, and I don't know what happened, who's doing what. So you didn't even know who won the game when you watched this morning? Didn't even know who oh. won the game. Didn't know anything. I kind of got – um. I think one of your one of your I got a I got like a, I think I got a text from you or someone else that kind of tipped me off on like what happened. Yeah. Um, but still, it was still like high drama. I watched the whole thing, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, that's a little tip. The not seeing what happened because I got like bleach report, ESPN just zapping my phone with everything. Well, no, well what I'm world. saying is you after the you first game ends, you so like for example, after the garden, I got on the train, I went home. I got home, I um I didn't even turn the TV on. I called my girl. <laughs> I had a little conversation with my girl. It's at like eleven. Yeah, yeah. The game. So the game started when I was on the train on the way home. Right. <laughs> That's right. You're I, also on that extra hour back. So like your yeah. your, end, your ends are vicious. I get home at eleven. Um, I have a little tea. Call my girl. I go to sleep. I'm sleeping by like eleven forty, and then I'm up at six thirty. And I don't look at my phone. That's the key. Yeah, you just don't you get up and don't look at, your, look at your shit. Yeah, it's so I hard get not up, to. I turn, I turn the shit on, bing, bing. I watch the game. I'm fast-forwarding through all the commercials. I stop. I watch Kenny, Chuck, and Shaq at half. And then uh, the game's over. I watch the game in like an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Fucking phenomenal. It's great, yeah. Um. So, anyway, the one thing I do want to key on is 
Golden State, the issue, and we're going to, and I'm going to, and after this, we're going to talk a little bit about each team and what worries us about them. The Golden State lineup of Looney, Draymond, Steph, Wiggins, and Clay on offense is three, is three on five. And I believe that's going to be an issue here at some point to where Anthony Davis is going to offset some of these rebounds. I mean, Looney, uh, I mean, he's, he was still doing damage on the offensive glass last night. Last night yeah. yeah. Um, he had seven offensive boards last night, so he's still doing damage. But I hope he's up for a contract. Wiggins is one of those guys that we just talked about offensively. You know, he's he'll, he lets it come to him more, right? Clay is running. I, I, off I would of, say so. Yeah, Clay, <laughs> Clay. Clay is running off the of screens. He's not ball handling at all. He has a dribble. The only guy out there ball, handling the rock is Draymond Green and Steph and. Draymond's handling the rock with absolutely zero offensive threat whatsoever. Doesn't look so everyone, at, doesn't look everyone, at the basket. Everyone checking Dre knows he's not going to get a shot up. So he's essentially either looking for Clay, looking for Steph, or just dumping it down to Wiggins on the on the elbow for like a turnaround, right? That lineup offensively worries me a little bit because on the flip side, the Lakers are running four to five guys that all can score. Yeah. Vanderbilt is maybe the the one the one outlier. But at one point, I texted you, Nick. On that five I just laid out for Golden State, the Lakers were running Schroeder, LeBron, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Davis, and Austin Reeves. That's five buckets if necessary, right? So Steph is going to have to carry those boys. You saw it last night. Steph didn't have a massive game. He ends up finishing with 27. On 10 of 24, he didn't shoot it that well, and they lost. Clay had the best game he's had in quite a while. Steph and and Steph and Clay Thompson shot it 49 times combined yeah. last night. Like th- that's just kind of where they're at. You know what I'm saying? And well, if they and if they if those guys don't score 27, 28, 35, and they and they're at home, it's it's tough. Yeah, and I thought that the Lakers just having that extra rest, it was clear. Another thing that Ham said is I'm going to tax my guys as far as like not resting guys. If you look, the, the Warriors had to rest Curry at certain points, and that's when those minutes get super spooky. I think it was right before the fourth quarter. They rest, or at the end of the third, they rested uh, They rested Curry, and they were down 10. And they right. ended up not giving anything up because when he came back in, they were still down 10. But right when that happened, even the announcer was like, this is when it could get very spooky because you're right. essentially taking Curry off, and now it gets way scarier for you. Um yeah, the will, on-off splits with Curry are—they're—they're they're atrocious. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a whole completely different team. So I thought the Lakers, Darvin Ham was like, "Nah, fuck it, you guys are playing forty minutes." Like the fact that LeBron is thirty-eight years old and playing forty minutes in his playoff games is insane. Anthony Davis played forty-four minutes. It's like, nah, you boys are playing. Nick, Austin I will Reeves, say this: Austin Reeves got thirty-nine minutes last night. Like, I will say that they almost ran out of gas. Yeah, they did. Yeah, for they, sure. They, they, they wouldn't have been able to survive overtime. Hey, they essentially did run out of gas. Yeah, they for sure. what, what they in the game it was like a it was like a fourteen zero yeah, run. And then Jordan Poole came running with one of those little red things. Like, no, nah, I got you guys. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I got you. I'm gonna fill you all up real quick with yeah. this terrible shot. So yeah, but, you gotta find yeah. you gotta find at least three or well, four minutes for Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis played the entire second half. And Clay needs it, and then on the Lakers, and Clay needs to hit shots. Like I think the thing. That I noticed last night, I noticed I've been watching Clay. I, I love Clay, so I don't want to say this, but 
he's not the same shooter that he was pre-injury and hasn't been. Like, a lot of that shit last night, like, he was 6 for 16 from 3. A lot of those are shots in the past that Clay is absolutely knocking down, right? So I think, especially down the stretch there, and I'm not, I'm not saying he's no longer good. He's still obviously a great shooter. And the thing, the most important thing is you have to guard him. You can't just say, hey, well, we're not going to guard Clay. So when they did go to that philosophy the Lakers had last night, you can't just ignore Clay. But I will say that, like, on some of those threes, I thought they were going in. I'm like, man, Clay back in the day is automatic on this. Yeah. Um, that could be age. That could be the injuries. It could be whatever it might be. Maybe he was just off. But I feel like I noticed that when I'm watching him. Maybe that's just me. Um, I tend to look for negative shit. But, um, yeah. But, I mean, again, yeah, them putting it up 41 times. They, they really have nobody else. And with Wiggins, man, like, the pool thing a, a thousand percent comes to him. Yeah, pool was left wide open and pool hit six threes. So like I, I can't I can't fault him. Someone made a good point. I think it was on Get Up this morning. Pool has been enabled to take those shots. It's not like pool is going outside the flow of the offense when he's taking some of these shots. If they're gonna be there, you ultimately wanting him, you want him taking those. He was seven for 15, six for eleven from three. So it's not like he was wildly inefficient like he can be, but it gets to the end of the game. And his last we can talk about the last shot. The last shot, we don't even really need to talk about it. Just watch the clip <laughs> on that. Even the shot before that, he took a contested three, didn't try to get it back to Steph um, when Steph was absolutely cooking and was on fire. So I think his last two possessions were were, 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 were terrible. And then you get to that last shot. And I don't know if you got a chance to watch the Legler. I breakdown, did watch the Legler piece, which yeah. Incredible. Um, from about those guys angles. not jogging up, too. Not jogging up and just where he caught it and how tough of a shot that is. To catch it this way, and yeah, momentum and turn and shoot, yeah. yeah. And he's like, even when you see Steph Curry take those long shots, it's either off the dribble or it's on a straightaway pass where his momentum is already turning forward. Um, but yeah, Let I mean, we find he, that when, real quick, actually. Yeah, yeah, that was it was an awesome breakdown of, of from Tim Legler on Get Up this morning. It was the very first segment that they had, but he basically said multiple things went wrong on that. First is that uh, Draymond and Wiggins was it Draymond and Wiggins or Draymond and it was Draymond and Wiggins jogged back. Uh, which allowed the defenders to stay where they were and created all that traffic up there. Then Jordan Poole didn't go down to the three-point line. He stayed up next to Wiggins, which created a log jam, so he couldn't get the ball to Clay, who could have swung out open. Then when Dre finally does get it to uh, Poole, he just launches this incredibly tough, super deep shot that he caught from this side didn't have the momentum to shoot forward. So, yeah, if you get a chance to break it down, obviously he breaks it down better than I did. That was just kind of the gist of it. But there were multiple things that went wrong on that play. I don't care what anybody says. That's a bad shot. I heard some people trying to defend it. Some people saying, like, hey, it was in rhythm. I think Steph and them were like, oh, it was in rhythm. We trust him to take that. No, you don't. There was plenty of space that he could have stepped up. He could have tried to make another play. He could have tried to get it back to Curry. It was awful execution at the end of the ballgame by the Warriors. Yeah, I got it pulled up right here. I'm going to let the folks listen to it because I think it is really, really interesting. So let me share my screen real quick. This video is going to get pulled off. <laughs> oh, exactly no, nah, we're good. Let's start off with how exactly Are you this happens, how it sets up yeah. the way. Right off the bat, but let's start off with how exactly this happens, how it sets up the way it does. Right off the bat, I want everybody to focus on two things. I want you to focus on the two players here for the Warriors, Poole and Draymond Green, and watch how they sort of jog up the floor. It sets up the entire thing because they don't sprint. They end up behind the play to such an extent that right now Steph Curry crosses the midcourt line, and you have right here, there's four Lakers 
in the proximity mm. because those last two Warriors aren't even in the picture. And that's going to play in to where Draymond Green receives the basketball, which sets up this entire thing. So now here you go. You stay with the double team. You keep coming. Now right here, look at the spacing between these two. Right now, Jordan Poole knows that pass is not coming to him directly. He needs to be relocating more into this mm. gap right mm. here. You've also got Clay Thompson coming here. So if that ball were to get swung, you're going to have a two-on-one -on, on this side of the floor with a very difficult decision, and maybe another pass gets made to Clay. But he doesn't do that. He stays right next to Draymond. So when this ball comes out, Draymond Green could have done something here to affect this play. If he puts it down hard right here, maybe you can get Anthony Davis to bite. Hey, maybe Anthony Davis is smart enough to say we're up three and he lets him go. I doubt it. Your natural inclination defensively is going to be to pick up this dribbler, which then means Jordan Poole can step in closer to the line. And if he catches it and there's a rotation here, you've got one more pass to Clay Thompson in the corner. It's not what happens. Now, the last part of this, right there. As a shooter, I can just tell you, as a guy that took a lot of deep shots in my career, when the ball is coming to you from this side and you catch it here, you it's very difficult to generate the kind of momentum you need to shoot a shot from that distance. If you watch Steph Curry over the years, when he shoots those deep ones, it's either off the dribble where yeah. he's got momentum or it's on a pass that's coming directly out from the post mm -hmm. where he steps in. Jordan Poole's weight was going this direction. So to catch, turn, and shoot from 30, find the rim, you could even see. Yeah, it's just a uh, – that break, the breakdown is so – he's the best. The only thing I disagreed with is if Draymond would have ran down the basket, AD's not chasing him. They weren't they weren't guarding Draymond at all last night. I think AD stays put, but he, they definitely could have done a lot more. It was surprising to see them have such a bad breakdown. And look, don't let Steve Kerr get off the hook for keeping those timeouts either. The second that trap happened up top on Steph, I'm calling the timeout. Yeah, it happened Nothing really quick, good. though. He got rid of it quick, though. He did. But yeah, he did. maybe Steph, listen, uh, He's always going to trust his guys. I, I don't sure. think he's ever going to. Yeah, he gets the benefit of the He's ever going to call a timeout from the sideline in that type of spot. He Steph would have had to have called a timeout in that spot. He yeah, probably sure. a little shell shock on the timeout calling anyway. Yeah, <laughs> after yeah, after that tech. He doesn't want to see Webb again. Yeah, yeah. But overall, how are you feeling about the series, seeing how it went down? If Anthony Davis oh, is going to play like that, I think it's going to play that the Lakers are going to win. Yeah, that's it. But it's a big if, which is crazy when we're talking about Anthony Davis, one of the a guy who's supposed to be one of the top ten players in the league. Um, but if he plays like that, the Warriors have absolutely no answer for him. He's too much for Looney. He's too much for Draymond, right? Like we talk about Draymond the defender, but Draymond's not a get down there and bang with Anthony Davis down low, and and he's not big enough to handle Davis, man. So it's all about how AD plays. And if he is playing that way, it's all about can he stay healthy? Because we know this guy, you put a little bit of pressure on him. Right, you rough him up a bit, you might not see him for two weeks. So if he can stay healthy, absolutely. You can count on LeBron for having better offensive games. I think he's going to keep that defensive intensity where it is. Everybody else on the Lakers are X-Factors, right? You don't know what you're going to get from game to game. But if you have Davis playing that way, you can run your entire offense that way. If he's aggressive on offense and aggressive like that on defense, then it's good. Absolutely. You know what needs to happen as well? Win. If Golden State wants to compete, I think the guy that's going to get to the line, that can get to the line, is going to be Wiggins. Well, you need more. Yeah. Two free throws. He, line, he right? can get to the line. They, yeah, they took six free throw attempts yeah. to let to the Lakers 29. Like, Draymond's not going to get to the line. Steph can, but he's typically not going to get to the line. Clay it does not get to the line. Yeah. 
it's just every easy basket came from the Lakers end of the side of the side of the court for sure. Every single easy bucket was from them. So yeah, man, this is really interesting. See, Anthony Davis is the is the ex, is the the number one factor in this series, which is crazy in a series that features LeBron James and Steph Curry. It's yeah. Anthony Davis is the number one the number one guy. Steph's gonna have better games. Bron's gonna have better games. It really all co- it really Curry and Thompson really because if Clay gets cooking in a game that creates a major problem for the Lakers and their defensive strategy that they're going with right now. So we'll see. Um, but I, this series is going to be awesome. If game one is any indication of anything, the first yeah. half was awesome. The series is going to be incredible. This is exactly what we wanted to see. You and I hinted to it a little bit yesterday, but listen, man, historically, like this is what we wanted, right? Like it's it, whose era is this? To me, like this is like a whose era is this type series. Because, even if it's in the second round. Even if it's in the second round, man, because we've talked about it. Look, the biggest thing that messed up the era of LeBron was this Warriors run. And if the Warriors are able to knock off the Lakers in the in the playoffs, right, and then get to the finals and maybe win another championship, that gives Steph one more ring than LeBron. And now those conversations have really flipped over. Um, so I think that, like, yeah, man, this this is a huge, huge, huge series. We don't know if we'll ever see these two guys go at it. These are the two defining superstars of the era, if we want to be real. Yeah, there have been great players. There's been KDs and all these other guys who we love watching. But if you're looking at the two winning, defining superstars of the last 15 years, it's LeBron James and Steph Curry, man. So this, this is what you want. The league has to be loving this. They love seven. it so much. They love it so much. They're only giving them one day off between every single game. <laughs> like but somehow Miami gets a full week off. Yeah. So yeah, the league is milking this for every opportunity they can get. Um, and and that's just what it's going to be, man. I I love it. I'm all here for it. These playoffs have been phenomenal. Yeah. Always seventy three and nine, and they lied. Seventy three and nine, and they lied. <laughs> that, <laughs> what a handle. The, that's handle. that's the top ten handle, bro. Seventy three and nine, and they, they lied. lied. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's we should a, do all time Twitter handles that. And uh, who was my man's that used to play for uh, uh, fuck. Anthony Moore, Black Boy Pacino, <laughs> <laughs> Black Boy Pacino was, was Who's that Anthony Morrow, Anthony Morrow, Black yeah. Boy, was B-O-I, Black, Boy. Black, Black Boy Pacino. <laughs> I don't even know what it means, but it's great. That's so good. <laughs> all right, let's kick off these last 15. Let's talk a little bit about. I'm going to lead this into the what worries you about each team. Sure. And I want to talk about Phoenix and the Nuggets. We know what time it is now. They're going back to Phoenix down 2-0. Yeah. And I gave this pick out on buckets on Action Network. Suns to win game three, Nuggets to win the series, plus 125. I like that bet a lot. I think the Phoenix Suns go home. Is that a parlay or is that one bet? One bet. It's uh, it's like a exact exact okay. come bet or something. Yeah, Suns win game three. Suns our Nuggets win the series. Where are you at? What worries you about the Phoenix Suns? I think it's pretty obvious, but I want to get your take on now that we're in the playoffs. Yeah, and we didn't really. Hey, I'll be honest. I didn't really want to believe it coming in. I knew they were thin. I knew the roster was shallow. I didn't know it was this shallow, bro. What is it? Uh, they got two points two, two and all, all types of cats. Yeah, playing guys major minutes that have no business playing those kind of minutes, and those guys aren't producing when they're getting in. It's it's simple. What's the problem is with the Phoenix? There's actually two things. So we can go with the obvious, which the is depth. their depth. Their depth is their depth is a major issue. You get past that starting five, 
And again, you had four points off the bench. Campaign got you some bucket, a bucket, and Bismack Biombo got you a bucket. But Campaign was also minus sixteen. I thought he was awful. Yeah, he was. I thought he was atrocious. He was. He, he, he was one of the best, worst basketball players I've ever seen in my life on uh, on Sunday. He was just absolutely brutal. Um, but yeah, I think that's their number one issue. But if you really want to get down to it, their offense down the stretch, especially when you pulled Chris Paul out of it in the fourth quarter, was very clunky. It was very dueling pianos between Durant and Booker. And those guys are excellent, so they're going to hit a lot of those shots, but it's not what you want to see from an offense. They weren't executing anything. It was pretty much, hey, you ISO, I ISO, you ISO, I ISO, and we'll kind of go from there. Um, but as far as like overall execution, you didn't see any of that from them. So um, that worries me about them big time. The offensive execution along offensive with execution. not having any depth. Exactly. I, yeah, I think Kevin Durant and Booker, now if we're, if we're – didn't they confirm that Paul's going to miss two, three, and four, or three, four, and five? They said he's he's doubt, he's he's prob, he's doubtful for three and four, which I thought was crazy. I don't know how you can be doubtful for game four and three. If you're doubtful <laughs> for game four, you're not playing in game three. <laughs> right, right. That's usually right. how I would assume that that goes, but yeah. Right. So you're going to tell me a team – that essentially was going to win off their starters playing 42 plus minutes a night every night throughout the entire throughout the entirety of the playoffs into the finals that's the plan is going to miss is going to lose their point guard and then potentially run into a team like for example they they're better off playing the lakers than the than the warriors in my opinion just off a of matchup piece because they're just going to try to mid-range jumper you to death and it's going to all have to come from Durant and Booker. They're going to have to score 35 a night for them to even be in the game. So I think it's spooky right now for the Suns. I think this is going to be one of those things where they retool in the offseason. And I, I fell for it again, Nick. Team that doesn't have any depth and, and has played 15 games. I'm picking to win the West. Yeah. It's fucking. It's just dumb. I was dumb. You have the best record. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, yeah no, but it's I hear just, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to pick against that. But like, yeah, I mean, the other thing is this, man. Like Durant has looked not great. Yeah, he's been he's solid, shooting. not great. He's, he's been solid, but not like the automatic. Like within, you know, he's he's forcing at times, which you never see from Kevin Durant. Like again, when Chris Paul went out in the fourth quarter, watch what they were doing on offense. The whole thing went to shambles. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. I mean, it was tough enough for them to score already, but this team scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. Right. Well, that's what I was saying with the Durant and the 12 threes thing. He hasn't taken – he took – I looked it up. He took 12 three-point attempts in game two on the road in Denver. There was – he had taken – he had attempted 12 threes only twice in the previous two full seasons. That's not his game. He's forcing that to, to piggyback on what you were saying, Nick. He's just getting these up because he's like, man, we yeah. for us to keep up, I have to shoot. We're gonna have to shoot some threes specifically. So I guess I'm gonna get these up. And it's and just he's a not bad... a desperado player like no, that. No, man, that's not his game. It's not his game at all. So I'm worried about that. I had a uh, John Henson, my guy, is on record saying the Nuggets are gonna sweep. Put that out yesterday. I have a hard time believing that, but I could see the Suns taking this in, or the Nuggets taking this in five. Six games, no for question sure, for sure. Uh, I, I think Jokic leaning on you the way that he does. The game for them to get was game two, where Jamal Murray looked like me or you. That's how bad he played in game two. He looked horrendous. He 
he couldn't hit anything, couldn't get anything going, didn't impact the game at all. And they just didn't have enough. KCP hit some big shots. Aaron Gordon hit some big shots. Jokic played lights out. So, yeah, the three-pointing, the three-pointer shooting and the depth of the Suns worries me. What worries you about the Nuggets right now? They're playing phenomenal at the moment. But what 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 is one thing that does potentially worry you? For me, I'll give you I'll, – I'll, I'll keep it short. Just Jamal Murray can't get his own shot like that. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr.? Michael Porter Jr., I don't know if it's like an entitlement thing, but it's like, hey, you guys need to get me the shot exactly where I want on exactly the floor yeah. in the perfect pass in my slot, and then I'll get up a shot. And if that's yeah. not the case – I'm actually frustrated about it, and yeah. I'm not going to impact the game at all. And I, and I don't. I offer no value any other yes. way, other, right. than, other than shot making. Right. Um, the thing that worries me the most about the Nuggets would probably be exactly what you just laid out. That after Jokic, as good as Murray can be, he wasn't great in that game. He had some shots down at the end of the game, um, and they really relied on massive buckets from KCP. Your yeah, boy, shout out KCP. Like, <laughs> the pockets, KCP. Um, <laughs> At the pockets, KCP. Yeah. yeah, so I would just say overall, like as much talent as this team has, uh, it gets scary when you kind of look for that second guy for them. But I, I feel like, fuck it. When it wasn't working for them in, ga- in game one, they just went to Jokic and he just, or, I'm sorry, in game two, and he just absolutely took over. And the Suns had no answer for that. So there's yeah, not no. a lot that worries about that worries me about them right now in this series. I think that they're going to win this series in five. Um, I, I'm I'm even dubious a little bit about Game Three if we're being completely honest. Yeah, I mean the but, number's yeah. only four. The thing would worry me is just like where is that other where is that other guy going to come from for the Nuggets if it does get tough for Jokic? But again, I felt it was tough the other day, and Jokic just absolutely took over. Like he absolutely took over that game, and they had nothing that they could do with him. Yeah. Any reason Landry Shamet, Tanj Ross aren't getting any minutes for Monty Williams? Landry Shamet is the definition of trick or treat. But I guess in this situation, but I mean, you yeah, I mean, some, yeah, you got to take a risk. I Ter- throw Terrence Ross in there. When you need a bucket, that's what Terrence Ross does. We've talked right. about it. Like Hooper, a ball player. Ter- Terrence Ross is a Hooper. Yeah, he's a bucket. Yeah. So I would 100 percent give him an opportunity in there to. Yo, do Nick, I'm talking yeah. consecutive Nothing. DNPs yeah. over what and about over. Your, what about wait, 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 wait? What about the bubble All Star? TJ Warren's on the roster, isn't he? TJ Warren, yeah. I thought he was a bucket. I thought he was an all-star. That bu- that bubble was something different, bro. Yeah, see, you remove. I told you, you remove. He must have a crazy personal life. I told you, TJ mental. Warren. TJ Warren's personal life must be crazy because <laughs> you took him away from everything. He was and my going pants look like fucking. Bro, he looked like yo, like yo, bro. Let's be honest. Yeah. Go back and look. He looked like fucking Kobe Bryant. He looked like Kobe. Yeah. He looked like Kobe. Yeah. Like dead ass TJ Warren in the bubble was sensational. Yeah. yeah. So, so look, yeah, it's you, a maybe different, his personal different. life must be wild. TJ Warren <laughs> must be going through it out here. Like, no, don't let me out. He left out of Orlando and he reverts back. He him away from the distractions. He's yeah, ready to go. Bro. No um, fans, no distractions. TJ Warren is a absolute is hooper. An absolute hooper. So yeah, that that would yeah, with Phoenix is obviously the depth and just their offense to me. Again, if there's going to be no Chris Paul, I, 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 that's going to be a lot of campaign. The yeah. campaign's been bad for a while now, or hurt. Yeah. Um, but with Denver, yeah. So all right, who else we got? What worries you about the the Knicks? You know what? Forget about that. We'll go to these since we haven't talked about them. What worries you about? We've talked about this a bunch. What worries you about Boston? And then we'll get into uh, Philly. Their Boston's defense and crunch time decision making. 
I think defensively they're they're fraudulent and they've really slipped. And I think their crunch time decision making is evidenced in game two. Um is unbelievable. Or was that game one? I'm sorry. Where yeah, are we game in the, yeah, game one. Yeah. yeah. It, it, they're they're crunch their decisions down the stretch. And the fact that now going back to last year in the finals, Tatum disappears in second halves of games, specifically in fourth quarters. Like and this big, is not and this big is, ones. And this isn't just like here and there. Go back to the finals last year. Go back to what we talked about in every finals game last year after the first two, that this guy disappears. He's not calling for the ball. He's not aggressive, and he seems to be okay with it. That's the thing that actually really bothers me. He seems to be okay with disappearing. Hey, man, listen. Jason Tatum, last year in the 2022 NBA Finals in the fourth quarter, three points, one and a half assists, 0.7 rebounds in six games. It was brutal. It was all. It was all. It was all. Uh, Jalen Brown. It was brutal. So then you get into situations where I don't know if that's how uh, Missoula drew it up that the, the the final play was supposed to be Marcus Smart doing whatever it was that Marcus Smart was doing. And I get it. Marcus Smart was big down the stretch in that game for them. He had made a lot of plays. He was huge. Well, it right? was one of those but, things where well, Marcus was like, "Yo." No one's fucking doing anything. Yeah, what are we that, like, doing? Yeah. Like, I'm going to, I guess I have to go to the basket and get a, try to get a couple and ones. But yeah, exactly. Not draw, and, and how do you not, and my thing is this, dude, like, fuck all that. How does the ball just not go to Tatum's hands and you have him make a play, right? Like, here's one thing, man. We like to talk about Kobe, 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 right? Like, everybody talks about Kobe um, and, and rightfully so. How many games did you watch with Kobe, right, where Kobe would get that last shot and fucking mix it? But you know what? Nobody was upset. Nobody said anything because if we're going to die, we're going to die with Kobe Bryant shooting the ball. We're not going to die with Rick Fox trying to make a play. We're not going to die with uh, Devin George trying to see what's happening out here. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we're going we're gonna to go down. That's a bad analogy. But we're going to – with Kobe, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, right. that, that's, right. how it's, that's how it's going to happen. So, with Tatum, it's like, give me the ball, clear out, do whatever. Let me let me decide how this goes. If I pass it off, then I make that decision. If I shoot the jumper, then yeah, I. Yeah, we've been talking about this I'm, for years. I'm the best player on the floor. Yeah, I'm, we don't need to call nothing. Throw away the clipboard. Ball me. Right. Facts. Ball All me. Right. Let's get to Philly. What worries you about the Philadelphia 76ers? Look Joel good in Embiid's game one. Health. No Embiid. Joel Embiid's health. That's it. And and James Hart, I mean, you gotta you gotta get that consistent performance from James Hart. I will say this: I texted you guys after James Harden's first shot the other day when he went baseline and let that little jumper go for the first bucket of the game. I said, "Oh no, we're here." Yep. <laughs> so that's all I need yeah. to see. We're gonna get a vintage James Harden performance. Plus, how he showed up to the game, fit was crazy. Fit I was, was like, wild. "Yeah, James is James is feeling himself today, and he's not gonna fuck around because he doesn't want to have to come on Tuesday and hear everybody talk about how Harden shrank when Embiid wasn't there." So if you can get that aggressive level of hard, and you don't need 40 every day, right? But if he's aggressive and just, you know, hunting shots like he should be, um, if Embiid's, Embiid's health is the number one thing with the Philadelphia 76ers, I think Max, he's a guy regardless. He's going to play like a bowling ball. He's going to play like a bat out of hell. If you can get your 14 to 15 from Tobias, because let's be honest, that's all you can really get at this point, they're going to be fine. Philly's good. I'll say that. Philly's good. Yeah, we've been talking about that. They were at one point – Couple months back, they were plus fourteen hundred to win the East, and this yeah. is right when Boston really started slowing down. Yeah. Like, they kind of came down to earth a little bit from being 
the best offensive team we've ever seen. (laughs) And it was like, man, Philly is really, really good. This was when Bede started rolling as well. So, yeah, man, I I guess I'll go off the beaten path a little bit. My worry for Philly is they're going to need – it's Tobias Harris, consistency. If he can be consistent and do what he did in game one, they are very tough. But he's your fourth guy now, right? Like, if we're keeping it real, like, Tobias, yeah. you should, he's paid like a third guy. He's paid like a second guy. Is your fourth guy. So it's like, is that... Yeah. He's the X Factor. Okay. In my opinion. Obviously, if Maxi scores 25 and James scores 25 and then Embiid scores 30, he led the league in scoring, then, yeah, of course. But sure. there's going to be times defensively, rebounding-wise, where Tobias could really impact the game. And it's like, go out and do that, and Philly will have a real good chance to, to Harris win. doing other things outside of trying to yeah, score. Yeah, all yeah. these games. And knock down these open looks, man. He has to, I don't know. I should go look at second spectrum. Over the last five years, he has to have those open shots in the NBA. You sound like JJ Redick. Yeah, yeah, second spectrum. Yeah. Go to, go to check, second check, spectrum. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, hope they, I hope they cut JJ at check. No, so but man drops second spectrum. All, the, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, dude, he always gets looks, man. Like, we, yeah, with that, sure. with Maxi and Harden and those guys. So, yeah, man, we'll keep it there. I got to leave it there. I got to jump. For Big Nick the Quick, I'm your host, a little no catch on Sports Talk Base Chicago. We'll see y'all next time. Tons of more NBA talk coming. Shout out Aaron Rodgers in New York. I see you outside, big dog. For Big Nick the Quick, no catch up, Sports Talk Base Chicago. We'll see you.